welcome to the round 17 episode for 2019 of Refs Roundup. It's great to be back in the studio to chat about the weekend's games and what's happening in the world of refereeing. And a very lovely welcome to my favourite NRL referee and my favourite husband, Gavin Badger. And we'll uh, start straight off the bat with the third game of the men's state of origin. I'm glad you brought that up because that's where exactly where I was going to go. I was um, just thinking about, about it earlier this morning and you know, how good a series that we had and you know, that now we have to wait another 12 months before it to come back around and, you know, already excited for next year's origin, you know, especially the way that this, this year's origin sort of panned out with, you know, a decider, one on the bell. Yeah, yeah, we had game two, which was a bit of a blowout, but, you know, it shows how evenly matched uh, both states are at the moment. So how long until people start? We're, we're nearly 12 months away from uh, the next series, just under 12 months away. How long till people start talking about team selections. Oh, they're already they're already talking about it on the weekend and you know who, who's going to be there and who's not. Well, you know the 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 controversy not not controversy but the talk now is the Australian merit team that was picked out of that and you know people are already starting to talk about you know those guys and and, and you know where p- players were picked. So, yeah, no doubt that people are already going to be talking about origin selections for next year's and incumbency and all that. <laughs> so, it was a, yeah, it was a great game and um there was. We'll talk about it a little bit later on in terms of how the game was was officiated. But the main thing is really the the players decided the outcome of that match. The players decided the outcome of the whole series. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. the whole series. I can't think of a controversial. Yeah, and controversial could mean right or wrong. But yeah, you know, a, a, a refereeing decision that made or or broke any of those teams in this series. And and as officiating crew, you know that's that's the goal to go out there and be able to. Get get a spectacle first, first and foremost, but then not have any impact on the result across three games. Yeah, so um, we had a few um, games to talk about from this weekend, and one of those was the uh, Souths and Manly game, twenty one twenty, traditional sort of rivals. Any thoughts around that game? Yeah, afternoon game as well. It's in the sunlight out at ANZ Stadium. It's always you know watching those two traditional sort of. You know, old older school teams sort of battle battle it out on a, on a sunny afternoon is is always great viewing, and both teams put on a show for us. And you know, well, the deciding factor in this was Adam Reynolds at the end with his, you know, he's he's a cool cool cucumber, and you know, if you, if you want someone to kick a field goal to win a game, he's one of the guys you want. And watching that game and talking about it, I, you know, I think the best player in the field came from the losing side. I thought Curtis Sirenham was probably the best player in the field in that game, and you know, he's had a, a lot of injuries and and missed a lot of football in a reasonably young career, but. Um, to finally be reaching his potential. Everyone saw when he was a young buck coming through at the West Tigers, you know, mm. um, to finally be consistently playing at that level. And, and, and to me, he, he was the best player in the field in what was a quality game of rugby league. Well, piece of, piece of trivia in a referee's uh, podcast, Curtis Sirenan actually at one stage had his referee's ticket, actually put him through his course when he was at uh, Holy, Holy Cross, Cross Ride. Yeah, yeah um, with my days working working for the NRL a number of years ago when he was probably six. I can't remember if he was playing Harold Matz or SG Ball, so he would have been 16 or 17. And a big uh, cl- class um, from his school did it. I don't... I don't know how he actually went when he got on the field. <laughs> you didn't see him out in the field. No, you went no, out there he ca- to critique him because he's quite. A, yeah, he quite often tries to critique out critique out performances on the field. We could have um, had a bit of a shot back. back to him. <laughs> <laughs> I might bring it up to him one day. Ask yeah. if he remembers. Um, so that was the first game on Saturday, and the second game after that um, was the eighteen or Broncos and Warriors game. And it's not often that we see um, a game end 
in that scoreline. And every time this happens, we get the debate of should we ditch Golden well, Point? Ho- hold, your, hold your horses <laughs> there because that's going to come up a little bit later on. So you can talk, talk about the game, but don't give yeah, people but, an insight into that just yet. Yeah, and f- for 80 minutes, it was you know, a tight contest. And then we had the, the shootout at, at the back, at you know, the back, back end. end. Yeah, well, a pretty, pretty, you know, it wasn't like the greatest game of rugby league. Like, you know, don't walk away from that saying, you know, that was, you know, a, a, a great game of footy. Mm-hmm. But um, whenever it's close, it's exciting. Yeah. And, and it was good to watch. Yeah, and any time scoreline's close, it doesn't, like, obviously the quality of the game matters, but it also means that towards the back end, there's always going to be excitement there. Um, so speaking of that game, um, regulation 80 minutes turned into 90 minutes, which leads us to our winner of our Marathon Runner Award for our GPS starter this weekend goes to Matty Noyan, who was the assist referee in that game. So absolutely no surprises. Um, actually should have asked to see uh, what his stats were at the 80-minute mark to compare to, to everyone else. But um, this just shows where... NRL referees and touch judges need to be physically, and it's the exact same with the players, you can't just be physically conditioned or prepared for an 80-minute game because we could get 90 minutes. And, yeah, it might only happen once in a blue moon, but you think about how important it is for us to be in the right position and in the right frame of mind to make correct, calm decisions when the game is on the line. And in this game, Matty Noyan clocked up Twelve, nearly twelve point six kilometres yeah, in that, that game, and, and even and an even bigger stat. Well, not a stat, but even bigger fact for for Matty is he's only a couple of weeks back from being, yeah. you know, a, a fairly long stint in in rehab. So I think he was out for twelve. Weeks? Yeah, a fairly long I don't stint, know, ten weeks or something and, like that. So it's only his third game back. And calf issues as well. Yeah. So you know, if if you, this is a, a total credit to our you know our strength and conditioning staff and our rehab staff and you know, Michelle Minicello and um, Matty Jeffries and, and Reese Williams in there for the effort that they put into Matty to make sure that he came back at the right time. Because if he was underdone and mm. came back, you know, as athletes, we always, you know, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. And we, you know, we always think we're ready to go. And, you know. For them to and, hold us back. And anyone and anyone who's been involved in any sport where they have people that, you know, make the decision for them when they're back, they always say, give it another week, give it another week. And in your mind, you say, like, I don't need another week, put me out there. Yeah. And I know, I know Matty was, you know, thought he was ready, you know, three weeks before he came back. Yeah. Um, but. To be able to go out there and run, you know, that that distance coming off the back of that injury, um, just is a credit to himself for his rehab and, and how hard he worked, and to our um, our staff as well. Yeah, um, Maddie also took out the urgency award this week, um, hitting the high Axel D cells eighty four times. Um, obviously, in in the same game in that role, so just shows he had the distance um, in that game, but also racking up that that change of of speed, um, which is a challenge within within itself when you start to get fatigued from running long distances. Um, one of the things that goes is that explosiveness. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, just sort of getting back on that golden point period of the game when we talk about how intense it can become for players and everyone's you know having shots at field goal. For us, it's, it's even worse because every decision we make leads to a c- critical decision because yeah. you know, if, if we blow a penalty that's incorrect and a team kicks the, a goal, that's game over. Yeah. So we have directly influenced the result of that game. Vice versa, the other way, if we don't blow a penalty when a team should have gotten a penalty and they miss the opportunity, it's yeah. a critical error. Yeah. Whereas, you know... Or he, what, and, and then on-ball decisions. Who's, who's, every, is, that a, is it a knock-on? Is it a knock-back? And then field position of where that changeover occurred. Are they now in field goal territory? So, yeah. So physically, 
it knocks you up even more because mentally you're getting more knocked up. Does that make sense? You know, the yeah. more mental fatigue adds to more physical fatigue. Yeah, well, Maddie Jeffries, our, our, um, the head of our strength and conditioning department, was on this podcast a few weeks ago and that's what he, what he was sort of talking about was that mental load adds to your perceived physical, physical loads. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it's not the objective physical data, but it's subjective to the person. The more decisions they're making, the harder they physically feel, the more situational stress they're under, which obviously in Golden Point, you're under high situational stress. That increases your perceived rate of exertion. So how hard do you think you're physically working? And you start to worry, and I haven't had a game that went for the full 90 minutes. I've had uh, a number of Golden Point games, but the more, the longer the, that, that period goes, the more opportunities for you to make an error. Oh, Does yeah. that make sense? You know what I mean? So you make, and you're making a lot of decisions in that mm-hmm. because you've got a lot of field goal attempts. Every time there's a field goal attempt, you've got a lot of issues to deal with. The referee on the 10 metres has to make sure that that 10 metres is onside. Yeah. You've got markers. You've got to make sure that the guy plays the ball correctly. Blockers. When they take the kick, who are the onside and offside people? Because if the kick misses, who who's able to get the ball back? Yeah, and then, and then on the other tackle. side of that, then you've got, you know, off missed field goals, then you've got repeats, uh, sets that, you know, a seven tackle sets. And then you've got long kicks where you've got to make sure, you know, everyone's in position to adjudicate on the contact from, you know, 60 metres away at yeah. some time. It just, it just adds so much to not, yeah, mental and physical fatigue. So yeah. for those guys, it's, it, you know, especially for Maddie to run 12 and a half Ks, that's outstanding. Yeah. Um, so the third award of the week um, with this GPS data, um, the gazelle of the week went to Nick Beeshall, Um as the touch judge in State of Origin 3, um, he hit just under 33 kilometres an hour on the touchline. And um, I know this was going to be hotly contested, um, this, this award this week, because I was actually on the touchline for the 6 o'clock game in Wollongong on Sunday night, um, Dragons and Canberra. And one of the last things that you want as an official in a game, is in the 79th minute, a length of the field runaway try by the likes of someone like Matt Dufty. Yeah. And that's exactly what we got. And, um, yeah, I know Beesh and Ashley Klein, the referee, um, he had a red-hot crack at it, um, <laughs> thinking that he was going to win this award. What was and his excuse that he didn't win it? Well, his excuse was when we – so as we're walking off the field, he said, I better win the gazelle this week. And we got off the field and we're in the sheds and he's taking his gear off and he takes his GPS out and the light wasn't on. It was absolutely blowing up. We said, oh, yeah, good, good excuse, mate. <laughs> if someone has a crack at it and, you know, and, and works, Klein is a bloke that could, you know, if he had a crack, he could do it. He's oh, he's quick, probably over 40 metres. He's, he's probably he, the quickest. He, he the moves. Yeah. He moves. Yeah, motoring. But that, that speed there, nearly nearly 33 kilometres an hour by, by Nick Beeshaw is, that's flying. That's, that's up there. That, that's what, that, that'd be up there for one of our quickest. Yeah. It'd be in, in the grand final, I think. Yep. All right. So we'll move on to um, a few controversial moments from um, round 17 and, what I wanted to start with was something that Graham Annesley actually said in his Monday briefing yesterday, is that contentious doesn't always mean wrong. And this is something that you and I have said to people so many times. Frustrates me so that people much. Go, oh, controversial call in the dying seconds of the game. You know, just because a call is a big call or wins the game for a team or loses the game for a team, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. And, and the thing is, when they're obviously wrong, those calls, it's like how it's how like. You know, or referee ruins game, or yeah. but when it's debatable or it's right, it's controversial. It's controversial. It's yes. not great decision at the end of the game uh, yeah. wins the game. It's controversial call yeah. by officials. Yeah. Contentious call. Or contentious call. Yeah. So it, it, we're sort of in a lose lose situation. Yeah, and, yeah. And 
you know, we've got this platform to, to talk about it and we don't, you know, it's not like we want recognition and stuff like that, but it's, if you're going to make comment, comment correctly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it's something that uh, we were sort of thinking about last week and it, I mentioned it to you at the end of the uh, Bulldogs and Newcastle game. Is just that controversy begets controversy. It's oh, like we've begets. had. You like that? Are we, are we eating? <laughs> An idiot. Um, so we've had it's a good word. Though. We had two weeks of uh, of issues within the game or heat on referees. Yep. Um, a lot of focus on referees and referees' decisions and bunker decisions. Yep. And it's like that just starts this. This the ball rolling and the snow the snowball going down it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So then any small thing that then happens gets added to that. Yeah, and gets added to it and it's gets like added a, to now it. Now the buckets overflowed, so yeah. It, now it's chaos. We can't stop it. Well, now it's chaos. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it just makes it seem like things are so so much worse. And and it, it, what I thought was a really good example of what I mean by that is that within thirty seconds of that game finishing, the Bulldogs and Newcastle game, within thirty seconds, the text you know, there's always a little text yeah, at the well, bottom we're of the screen. At home watching it on Fox. Um, a comment came up at the bottom of the screen that said Bunker Howler overshadows Bulldogs win. Oh, you are kidding. It's been thirty seconds, so how can you make a judgment that something has overshadowed something else? Which was a correct call. Well, and, yeah, at yes. end of the day. Well, that was gonna be my other point. Yeah. So but the first thing is you can't say it overshadows a win when you haven't given it time to see, well, what, what's the talk around it? Is it, the talk around the Bulldogs winning or is the talk about yeah, the bunker? So the headline out of the game, which should have been a positive for you know, a battling Bulldogs side who just got themselves off yes. the bottom of the ladder. Has put the coach spotlight under pressure, on officials instead. Taken all that, yeah. so, turned it negative. So where I say controversy begets controversy is that that sort of line on a screen then drives the conversation of commentators. And I don't just mean commentators on the game, or like, of the match, yeah, no, the no, single match, but anyone who there. talks about the game, um, it drives them to then talk about that. So that, I found that quite disappointing that you know that sort of thing came up that quickly. You're a little um, bit outraged. You're uh, a little bit I outraged. Was. Yeah, I, and, and, and rightfully I was, so. Because and rightfully I, so because we just watched a game of footy that was tight and you know a, a, a fairly big upside. You got a Newcastle side playing at home in front of a, you know a big yeah. crowd, a Bulldog side that you know, everyone's written off. Yeah. And, you know, they've got a, a reasonably young side who play, and a coach under pressure. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, whether it be pressure from results, whether it be pressure from his own ball, whether it be pressure on himself, mm. um, gets a win and everyone's talking about a bunker howler and I'm doing the inverted commas thing here yeah. that... Actually, no was correct. Yeah, and, and no one's <laughs> had a chance yet to, to, yeah, work out if it was. They hadn't even discussed it in the, you know, they in, the panel. On the panel, They yeah. hadn't even discussed what others thought. It was just automatically someone's just going, oh, there was a contentious decision. Let's just put, let's put let's it out with there. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I'll get into talking about that decision to start with. So there was a bunker decision in that in that game where there was a kick contest um, into grounding for a try. So Matt Checkin is the referee and he sends it up to the bunker and he wants to check the two aspects. So players contesting the ball in the air, was there a knock-on, knock-back, whatever, um, into the grounding, does the ball get to the line, is possession maintained? So he sends it up with a decision of no try. Now, Ashley mishears that um, or misremembers it during, yeah, during the long, process. Yeah, there's a long process. Um, and in Ashley's mind, he was thinking of it as being sent up as a try. So first, there's a number of things to look at in the kick context, contest with hands, backwards, forwards. He clears that, that there was no um, nothing wrong there from the attacking team. Into the grounding, which was close, but it's, it's on the line. Um, and he comes back saying, you know, with the decision of try, we're going to support the on-field decision. Yeah. To which Chech then jumps in and says, Ash, Ash, 
a little bit of panic mode. Yeah. Uh, which is, which, you know, Oh, which you, you would, sort of absolutely. Like, ash, Ash, no, my live decision. Yeah, my live decision was no try. So then Ash then just takes another look at it, comes back and says, the ball, there's no knock-on in the, I can't remember his exact words, but yeah. effectively that there was no knock-on in the kick contest, ball's grounded on the line, we have a decision. And it was a try. So 100% the correct decision. Looks messy that obviously that went back and forth, but to call that, one, to call it a howler, <laughs> um, I think is extremely out of the box or extremely incorrect because the decision was was right. It's, it's, yeah, it's um, And I defy anyone to say that in their life they've never misheard someone speak or forgotten something or misspoken themselves, yeah. used the wrong word in the wrong context or whatever it might have been. Yeah. So yeah, it, as, I, as I said, that one, yep, looks messy and we talk a lot as a squad about our processes and that our processes hold us in good stead in that, that those things support us and make us look more professional and let's not give people a reason to criticise us. And this is one of those sorts of examples where you go, you get one little thing wrong that doesn't impact the decision because the decision is correct but has given people a reason to criticise us. Yeah. And, yep, ideally it gets done better but I just don't think the, the uproar was really necessary. To, to me, it's like, and, and I'm going to uh, relive my glory days of a young footballer um, <laughs> playing in a grand final one day at um, Redfern Oval. Uh, I think we were under 14s and it was, we were playing, I played for Zetland and we were playing against Mascot who we played in grand finals every year and it was a pretty tight, you know. Did you have a beard when you were 14? No, I didn't. Didn't, <laughs> no, didn't you know, I didn't even have chest hairs when I was 14. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so I remember we were playing in a grand final, it was 14 all and we, um, we had the ball and there was a couple of minutes to go and we were in our own half and we went to, you know, actually our halfback was Daryl Trinder who played a bit of first grade footy, went to boot the ball downfield um, just to, to get field position and come off the side of his boot, just went right across the field, it looked like it was going to go out in the full. Um, our winger actually caught the ball and kept it in and because everyone was expecting this downfield kick, he had open space, ran, scored in the corner, we won the grand final. Um, it was fluke, it was accident, we weren't meant to win it that way, but no one's going to say, oh, uh, the, the howler of a kick yeah. wins the grand final. Yeah. It was a shocking kick. It was yeah. probably the worst kick he'd put in all year. Yeah. But it won us the grand final. We're not going to sit there and go, oh, it was a shocking kick and talk about that. Everyone's talking about, oh, what a great win. We run on the bell. Yeah. And it's similar to this. The decision's right yeah. in the end, but no one cares. Really, we don't... It would, if you did the, the process correct and got the decision wrong, are we going to say, oh, great process? Yeah. yeah. We're not going to say that. That's a, that's a really good point. You know what I mean? It, it, the ends justifies the means. Yeah. You know, as long as we get the right decision, that's... That's all anyone cares about with us. Yeah. Get the right well, decision. Like should, we're should we're expected about. to be perfect week in, week out. Um, we, we get a correct decision, but we're not perfect in our process, so we get hammered on that. Yeah. So perfection is something that we'd love to be, but I can tell you right here and now, we're never going to be it. <laughs> um, so another talking point from the weekend was a try in the Souths and Manly game, that 21-20 um, match, which was the Moses Sully um, appears that he appeared that he knocked the ball on. Play continued downfield. Um, it was on last tackle, went through a couple of hands or whatever, and then the try is scored and it's not referred to the bunker and a try is awarded. And when we look at the replay of, of that vision, it, it is very close, but it is ultimately correct in that a knock-on is when you knock the ball forward to your opponent's dead ball line and you haven't negated that knock-on. Yes. So, the way you, so if you knock the ball forward and it hits the ground or it hits another player, or it hits the goalpost or the corner post, that's a knock-on. If you then take control of that ball again by intentionally kicking it, 
or by intentionally knocking it back with your hand or you take possession of it again, you've negated that knock-on. Before it's come before into contact, it's come yes, into contact with any of those things. Yeah. yeah. So Moses knocks the ball forward, it into hits his into head. his head. Yep. Yeah, he knocks the ball forward into his head. So it travels forward over the ground, but then knocks it back with his hand, which um, ultimately negates a knock-on. And which I get that... Hit, then hits an opposition player. Which then hits an opposition player, But it's player, backwards. Yes. It's but just like I've passed the ball backwards yeah. into, uh, into an opposition player. Yes, so That's by the time knock-on. he knocks the ball backwards, if you cut out any vision and you just watched from then onwards, from him that's backing the, the ball backwards... That's your decision, isn't it? Yes, that's what the decision is. Yep, look, and when watching well, it live at home, I thought it was wrong. I, thought it was wrong. I was oh, feeling sick in the guts I, thinking... I felt for the officials because I think, I hope this is right. Yeah. And we don't get a real good replay at home and we yeah. don't have... and I'm thinking, geez, I, I really hope this is right and looked at it and it, and it is. And again, Graeme spoke about it um, yesterday in his, in his Monday briefing. Um, and then again, going back to controversy, begets controversy... This was spoken about as another a howler from a referee and how do they miss that? How do they miss this knock-on? And then for the people who thought that the decision was actually correct, then the criticism was, oh, yeah, it's correct, but they check everything, so why didn't they check that? Yeah, so when they're so damned go, if you do, damned if you exactly don't situation right. so with that. Another situation where you go, well, geez, we've gotten a decision right and we still – not that we want credit, but – you yeah. still want to talk so about it. So even us. the people that thought the decision was right still wanted to look for a negative and say, well, why didn't they check it? Yeah. Where if, if he had have checked it and it was an obvious one, then they would have said, oh, well, the referee's right there. What are they doing? Yeah. Why have we even got him out there? You know what I mean? So it is a bit down. And, and yeah, it is a tight decision. And you know what? 99% of the times that will get checked. Yeah. In this instance, you've got a, a, an official and Grant Atkins who, you know, is one of our, our, our top officials. Well, he, was the sta- he was the standby, standby referee for, Oregon, for the third you know, men's state of origin he, game. He, he's, you know, he's, he, he's a really good referee. And... He makes a really, you know, tight, tough call, but backs Ultimately his ability. Backs his ability. Put, you know, puts himself on the line. Um, gets it correct, but then still, we, we still got to deal with the uh, the yeah. fallout because of, you know, a, a situation that we we did create. Over, well, that, over that's two what I was about earlier. to say, and it's not. We crying, put ourselves in this position. Yeah, not crying poor us because as a, as a squad, we recognise we put ourselves in, in this position. But yeah, it's just one of those things where you go, well, if we've come off a good round now, let's leave that behind us. Yeah. And let's not try and add things to what happened in the last two rounds. Similar, uh, <laughs> you know, looking for analogies that you know. Sim- you, you look at um, what Penrith were doing earlier in the season, and yeah. you know it was chaos. Yeah, yeah, everyone was calling for. And now they're six in a row. Now or they're, you know, is, they're yeah. cruising. You know what I mean? So now everyone's saying, "Well, what are they doing well?" Yeah. You know, now we can look at well, what did, and and we did as a group. You know, yesterday we said, "I said, well, okay, what was the difference between two weeks before? What did we do well this week? How do we continue to to build off that? And how do we make sure that what happened the, the two weeks before doesn't come doesn't again. happen again? Yeah. You know, so it's it's about looking at your and our big thing is you know we make make sure we look at our processes exactly like a footy club would do when they're in a slump. Yeah. You know, and they go back, break it down. How can we be better? Let's mm. get better. And yeah. if you have got the talent and you know the ability and you trust each other. It gets better, and hopefully that's the way we go now. Yep. Um, so in that same game, there was a try awarded to Cade Cust, I think, from memory, um, which was incorrect. So thankfully, in that game, um, uh, South did they not award it? They didn't award. Oh, they didn't no, award. They it. Sorry, didn't sorry. Award yeah, they, it. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Misspoke. the script. No, no, no. So, yeah, it was <laughs> um, one that, that Cade Cuss went to score the try. Um, t- to most people, it looked like it was a try because he grounds the ball with his torso. Yeah. Um, and from one, ruled, one angle, you actually can't see the ball yeah, coming out. But it was at ruled all. no try. So, so we just thought we'd talk about that in, in that um, you can ground the ball with your torso, the front, so the front part um, below the neck, above the hips. 
if you're not in pos- if you were never in possession of that ball, so a, a bouncing a ball kick, on the virtually. ground. Yeah. So if the ball's been kicked or knocked on by yeah. someone else, yeah. by the opposition, for example, or passed backwards from your Pass, own teammate, yeah. the ball's on the ground. You can land on it with that front part of your torso, and that's a try. Or you can bring it down with your torso. Yes. So if it's br- a bouncing ball, and you jump on it, and it's yes. You can bring it down with your torso. Yes, because nothing. The ball has not been knocked on no. because a ball coming off your chest isn't a knock on. Yeah. So you bring it down with your chest. The ball's on the ground. Your torso's on the ball. It's a try. And there's actually a rule in the rule book that says you can ground Specifically the ball with your Specifically says that, yeah. So, but he, in this case, he was originally in possession. So he's holding the ball, loses possession. So it rolls like onto his chest and grounds the ball. And that's why that one was a no try. So yeah, it just looks to, to most people, you know, they'd say, well, that's a try. Ground it with his torso. But when you break down the rule, yeah. you've got to regain possession. Ground it with your torso is not regaining possession. Um other one from the weekend was in the West Tigers and Parramatta game. Um, Blake Ferguson offloads the ball back infield, but as he does that, his foot actually touches, um, scrapes the the touch line. Um, and we just thought we'd speak a little bit about this one to sort of give people a bit of an insight into people say a lot of the times the questions we get or the things commentators say is how do they miss that? Yeah. How do they get that wrong? So we thought would would break that down. This is one of the really hard parts yeah, I, of touch judging. I, I really and I haven't I haven't done it for a long time. I you know nines and stuff like that and and, and different things, but I haven't gone out there and and done it in a game for a long time. But I, I really want to defend an error here. You know, what I mean, like not defend the fact that um, you know we, this should happen, but the you can you can still take a still shot and I've seen plenty of still shots over social media of this decision where there's a foot on the line and it looks obvious and the referee uh, the, the touch judge is right there right in position and everyone goes well how the hell can this bloke in red get that wrong mm. you know what I mean and really rip it in and you know what <laughs> go out there and do it mm. and I t- and you'll see how quickly how you can get that wrong yeah you know what I mean well, it's a fraction of a second touch yeah. and, and I'll let you explain because you do it a lot more than I do at the moment and well I might actually put that picture as the one when we put this um, podcast up on our social media and stuff this week. Um, so you can have a look at that and marry it up with what we're about to, to explain. Because when you look at the camera, which is down the line, so from the back end of the field, it is effectively, so Tim Roby was the, was the touch judge. The camera is effectively right in line with what Tim's looking at. And when you look at it, you see Blake Ferguson's foot on the line. Okay. And you know that he's in possession but you actually can't see the ball in his hand. Yeah. So what you're asking touch judges to do and what we're expected to do, and yes, we're trained, we're, we're highly trained for this and the majority of the times we do get these right. You'd be amazed at how many but, times we get these right when with the na- it's, it's near yeah, impossible. The it's it's educated so, guessing sort of thing. Yeah. So you've got to think that Blake Ferguson's got, his, got the ball in, I think it was his right hand, so it was towards the right-hand side of the field, in front of his body. So Tim Roby as the touch judge is behind and he's got to try and marry up Blake Ferguson's foot, so on the ground, when in f- up in the air, so a metre to two metres in the air, depending on where the player is going to hold the ball, you're now having to look at the foot and the ball and see when the ball goes from touching the skin of the player's hand to not touching the skin of the player's hand to say that, okay, he's now released the ball before his foot went into touch. And it happens like that. These are a lot of – and, and you yeah. know, would, would I would be less likely to defend it if there wasn't an offload. Yes. So if the player's just getting tackled and you know you don't you've only That's got easy. the one aspect to look at, yeah. it does his foot clip the line really quickly. Yeah. You go, you know what? We should get those. Yeah. We should bat really, really well, high well, on those. Well, on that, it's not that Tim misses his foot going. No, out. he it's sees the, the foot going out. It's the time when the ball's geez, gone. When was and the ball? because the foot's on there yeah. for such a fraction of a second, 
You know what I mean? It, it's. It's different. Uh, yeah, that, that's that, that's the hard. That's harder yeah. than any decision I've got to make in the middle of the field. Yeah. So, yeah, like, like I say, we we want to get them right, and the majority of the time we do. But that's just I just sort of wanted to explain what what we look at and why the touch judge can miss that or why we can get that incorrect because you're marrying up so you're marrying up three aspects: foot on line, where the hand is. So you've got a so your field of of vision needs to change depending on where the player is holding the ball and then when the ball is in the hand to when it's out of the hand. Um, and it's all at speed. Yeah, I was going to say, we can do this standing standing still and I can hold the ball in front of me, pass the ball in and put my foot down on the ground and have someone stand behind me. And at that, in a, in a you know, sterile room, people will get, that wrong. get it wrong 50% of the time. So another random Gavin stat. Yeah, but but you know, yeah, yeah. Well, I should have said forty-seven percent or something like that. But you know, generally most people will struggle to be able to say when the ball was left to hand to when the foot touched yeah. the ground. And that's not even having to look at a line. That's not having to do it at spe- speed. That's not having defenders around yeah. it. And that's not the you know f- physical fatigue and mental yeah. fatigue you've gone through. That's not the thirty thousand people at the ground. That's yeah. not the, the twelve camera angles. Tw- the pressure of the NRL, absolutely. Yeah, you know yep. what I mean. So you think about that when you know you, you look at a still shot and want to rip into a bloke and call him incompetent. Um, yeah, and we're looking at a fraction of a second in, a, in an eighty minute performance. Yeah. So uh, th- these ones are tough. Um, so probably one of the biggest talking points of this weekend came out of. So I was on two games last weekend: um, Friday night in Penrith and Sunday night in Wollongong. And Sunday night in the second half, we had a send-off. Um, Nick Kotrick for a dangerous tackle. Um, that's currently going ahead in front of judiciary. He's been charged with, a, I think it was grade three. Grade three, so two da- weeks. Dangerous I think he tackle. took the plea today. Oh, I, did, I'm, yeah. I, I wouldn't confirm that, so we can't really go we into it. We can't really go into it if we haven't confirmed it, but that. But the only thing that um, – we just want to sort of mention it to go, well, it was one of the, those things where on the field it was – out of the box, it was about ten meters right in front of me, and everyone. Um, Did you make your normal? Yep. So I was, you, the, the noises that come out of you when stuff like that happens. That <laughs> so everyone who, me every time. Everyone who runs with me knows that if I make a noise like an ooh or something, that uh, something wrong has has something happened. Something weird or out of the box has happened. And on this one, I made a double ooh noise. <laughs> so the boys were saying in debrief yesterday that. Uh, they they knew something had, had really gone wrong if I'd made that noise. Yeah. So yeah, it didn't didn't look pretty. Um, and we're at a stage in the game where you know those sorts of things we're, are going to be ta- sent, we're, sent tightening off. Off. we're tightening down on it. Uh, yeah, we can we can compare something to a tackle. People will pull up something that oh, what about this tackle last year or this tackle the year before, whatever. Well, things change. Where we are in the game changes. And I think realistically, when you look at a tackle like that, you go. That's ugly for the game. Yes, there's no malice in it, or yes, that that player's a good person, and all the rest of it. But or it was you're an still accident. That's yeah, always thrown up. But I, I would assume 99.9 percent of any foul play in our game are accidents. Is, are accidents. Yeah. yeah, you get the ones out of the box, but no one goes out there to hurt it. It's it's yeah, just, it's just not worth it to to anyone to do. Yeah. That. So yeah, it's just out of the box, and we deal with it that way. That's the thing that annoys me with all this when people talk about you know well, well they didn't do that in this one or that, but. Does this one deserve it? Yeah. Let's just take each one on it. Some, on yeah, you know merit. what? It's like, you know, I'm going to make mistakes in other areas of the game as well. But if, if I miss a knock-on in the first half <laughs> and then I call a knock-on in the second half, the players aren't going to say, well, you didn't call the first one. Yeah, why are you calling this one? Why are you one? calling this one? Yeah. You know I mean? Let's just, let's just take each one on their merits. And if you look at this one and you go, in the current game, is that a send-off? 
it's a send-off. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and then to be charged with a grade three sort of justifies the fact that Ashley Klein, um, you know, used that, that route. Yeah. So in that game, um, uh, we actually had a special moment where the referee was uh, Todd Smith. So on debut, um, first game, great Great guy from the from the Northern Beaches, refereed in the Manly area growing up, and um, got to got to make his debut in, in that game. And to have a send off in your first game is fairly unusual. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's something that um, that he'll remember, which is absolutely you know great to see him him do that. And and on that note, um, something we really wanted to do today was um, get Belinda Sharp in on the on the line to have a chat to her. She's a little bit busy today. <laughs> unfortunately, I can totally understand why she's a bit busy today, tied up with other media commitments. So unfortunately, we weren't able um, to, to get her in today. But hopefully, I'll, I'll, I'll have a chat to her if she was able to make time next week. Um, it'd be great to to have her on here to talk about, um, you know, her journey and her experience, and it'd be good to talk to her after the game as well. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think we'll go down that route. We, you know, we can we can say all we want today and, and the achievement and all that, but you know, it's going to be all over the media anyway. So, um, yeah, I think we'll we'll, we'll have a chat with with uh, Belinda next week and, yeah. and well, know, what, see see how she felt and her experiences. And yeah, and what's great for her refereeing this weekend as well is that she actually. Then this is just it can be it's absolute luck where you referee and where you get to debut and Belinda grew up um, in in Rockhampton came through those referees and then went through the Brisbane, Brisbane sort of system, yep. system in QRL based in Brisbane for a, a number of years and she's lucky enough to debut in Brisbane at Suncorp Stadium on so a we Thursday were, night on a Thursday that's, night that's so, pretty cool yeah to be able to debut at w- what's your home ground effectively um, you know and I'm sure be able to get all family and friends and that there at what Many of us say is the greatest rugby league. Well, um, I made I made stadium. my debut there, and I was glad that it was there. Yeah, and um, I'm not even from Brisbane. That's pretty. That's pretty special. So we wish her all, all the best for the weekend, and hopefully we get to chat to her next week. Um, and our third debutant um, will come this weekend as well. Um, Darian Ferna is, de- is debuting on the touchline in the Raiders and Tigers game. Um, so Darian is currently in the New South Wales um, grade squad. Yeah, so um, vir- ref- uh, yeah, it, virtually what is our reserve grade? Yeah, virtually our reserve grade. So it's like a player feeder, coming from comp. yeah, like our, a player coming from the uh, Canterbury Cup competition to, de- to, to debut. So for a, a guy who's not within our system to debut is you know, pretty special and testament to whatever to what he's done to to get here. Pretty and, relaxed bloke as well. I was going to say, and, and you know, we just spoke about Toddy being a, a pretty decent bloke, and Darian fits that mould as well. And it, it sort of sets in with you know what we expect out of people coming into our systems. That you know they fit into the culture, and, and Darian certainly does that. So yeah. I'm sure he'll have a ball on the weekend. Yeah. Um, so I asked, I said it earlier in the at the top of the podcast to. to Hold yeah, your horses. Cut me really short. Cut, cut you right <laughs> off because um, we wanted to skip into a couple of listener questions um, just to finish off with. But the main question that we had this week was around Golden Point and what do we think of Golden Point? Should it be Golden Point? If it is Golden Point, what format should it take? I know I've got my thoughts on it. Gav, hit me up. What's yours? Um, two thoughts. As a fan, I love it. Um, and why? Why do you uh, like, as just, a fan, uh, why do you love it? Well, it's just more footy. <laughs> <laughs> Make the game two hours long. Uh, you know, I get, I get to watch more footy. Um, and people talk about, oh, it's you know, it, it turns into a, a, a field goal a thorn and and stuff like that. But if that's what it is, that's what it is. You know what I mean? That, that's it, it adds to the game. Um, and the good teams set up for it and do it really well. And teams that are struggling a bit don't do it so well. And, you know, we, we go out to club scrimmages and stuff like that a fair bit. And you notice some teams will actually spend a fair bit of time in that scenario, mm. you know, and they'll, 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 they'll get out there and they'll, they'll run plays and put a lot of pressure on, on their 
um, the, the guys who they think will be taking those shots and, and they work hard for it. So it's another skill. It's an, an, something that coaches have to spend some yeah. time on. And I'll, I'll say as, as well, we spoke at the, at the top of the podcast about yeah. um, referees going into, into Golden Point and you know, the physical fatigue, the mental um, load that that puts on you. It'd be ex- it's obviously exactly the no, same yeah. for the players. So they can also train all they want, want for it, but to actually get out there under pressure when you've got defenders running at you, you've already been going for 85 minutes getting bashed around on the field to set up and kick that field goal. I've, mate, I can't kick a field goal from 20 metres out fresh. <laughs> You'll so. break a toe or something. Oh, I've already got one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing with, with, with that is you look at the body language of the players when they get beaten golden point compared to when they get beaten normal time. Yeah. It's almost like a grand final. You yeah. know, players are sprawled across the ground. Obviously, they're physically stuffed, but they're mentally stuffed yeah, as well. Yeah, emotionally stuffed. So it, it, it takes a bigger emotional toll, Golden Point, as well, I think. But as a referee, I'm, uh, I'd, I'd prefer not to do it because what I spoke about before, <laughs> every decision you make. It's like me with short kickoffs, you know, when cl- games are close. You know, with short, three of them in our game. Yeah, on you know, Sunday. with a short kickoff, there's a decision to be <laughs> yeah. made. And it's going to be. And it's always going to be a, a tight big, decision. Well, and it's always going to be a big decision yeah. in the context of the game because if they're having a short kickoff, the game's close, yeah. the team's chasing points. And if you get an error there and a team scores to win the game mm. or whatever, you know, it's, it's on you. Yeah. Um, and to me, that's similar with Golden Point. You know, you know, as much as I love running around out in footy, and, and I, I, I'm saying I'd want games to go for two hours because it means I get to, to be out there longer, um, the, the mental side of Golden Point is, is a big one because you just, <laughs> you just know every decision you make has gonna, is going to have an impact on this game. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if I didn't have to do it, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but as a fan, I want to watch it. Yeah. What about yourself? Uh, similar in that, as a fan, I like that, uh, you know, the theatre that it, that Golden Point creates. Um, but in saying that, I think we can, if there was no Golden Point, that theatre would apply to the last, last 10 minutes yeah, of the that, game. That's so the, I'm, comf- I'm comfortable with not having Golden Point. It, I think if we had, for, for me, I would like Golden Point if there's going to be a result. The fact that you can still have the 18 all draw. I say, well, why not just sort have the game? It, it doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It nullifies it. I go, well, we may as well have 80 minutes and the last 10 minutes of the game becomes what Golden Point was going to be. I, I think, oh, oh that's just my personal. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'm not n- neither here, here nor there about it. But what? if I was the, you know, if I got to, if that, that decision was put on my head to say, what's it going to be? I, I would change it. For me, one thing we can't, can't do is change the rules in Golden Point. Yes, I totally agree. I don't think because then it's not rugby league. So, 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 um, people say a lot of the time, okay, well, make a golden try, make golden try, or yeah, you can't kick penalty goals in golden or, point. Yeah, and why? Just, yeah. And why? Do, why would that not work? Oh, to me, I just uh, to me, why are we change? There's no need to change but, the laws of the game. But yeah, but if it's golden try, if I'm the defensive team, I don't care about giving away just penalties. Give away penalties. Exactly then right. it, to me, it reminds me a lot of the thing that I hate in watching the NBA is when they just foul at the end of the game. Just foul, it's foul, just foul, foul out, foul, foul out, out, go down the end of the court, yeah, take, take free throw, and that just bores the hell out of me. Yeah, and that's um, what And I feel like that's what it would become if we change the rules in golden, like not to that extent, yeah. but effectively, oh, it, it, it becomes it, like that. Yeah. Well, there's no. Yeah. Yeah, if if a team's attacking your line, apart from you know the potential sin bin for professional foul, yeah, what what you, you actually running down the clock as well. So yeah, yeah, I, I just think if we yeah, if you either have it or you don't, but you don't change the rules. Yeah. All right. So that's the only question that we're able to get through today, just because we're going to run out of time. But I, as always, I've got a massive list uh, here, which we can hopefully get to um, next week. And like I said, with absolutely no pressure on her. Hopefully we can get Belinda um, on the line next week and, yeah, and have a awesome. chat to a chat to her as well. So, um, Gav, what are you up to this weekend? 
Uh, I'm refereeing at the cricket ground. Second um, game at the cricket ground for this year? Yeah, second game. I th- yeah, it, yeah, it's not something that you get to do often. And I spoke about it round one this year where I got to do it. So any time you're, you're at the iconic SCG where, you know, the greats have, and, uh, have played, it's, it's always exciting. So, yeah, I'm out there for uh, Roosters Newcastle. Newcastle on Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon so hopefully yeah. the weather stays how it is and it's a beautiful day and I'll have a bit there. of fun. Yeah, it should be a good ma- should be a good match, and but I think both teams should be relatively back to relatively back to full full strength as well. So it'd be a pretty pretty good clash. How's your weekend looking? Uh, not, not entirely too- sure. I think hopefully I'll be refereeing New South Wales Cup somewhere. Yeah, um, well, that's not good. sure get yet. A, so get a bit of time in the middle. Oh, it's always always good to get get a crack in the middle. Yeah. Um, so with that, I'd like to encourage everyone to join our Facebook and Instagram pages. Our Facebook page is NRL Officiating and Instagram handle is at NRL Officiating. So uh, give us a follow to keep up to date with what's happening in the world of rugby league officials across the country from under sixes through to the NRL. And if you are interested in becoming a referee, please visit refrugbyleague.com. And if you'd like to send a question into us, hit Gavin or I up on our uh, Twitter pages and we will add your questions to the list. Thanks for listening to this weekend's Refs Roundup. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 